1: Meet Us Quickly With Your Mercy is a new dance performance staged by Flyaway Productions and the Museum of the African Diaspora. It combines first-person recordings from Rassan Thomas with music and aerial choreography on the side of the Counterpulse building in San Francisco, with the goal of conveying the solidarity of Black and Jewish activism for racial justice and prison abolition. It's rooted in a four-year collaboration between artistic director Joe Kreider and and lead writer Thomas, who co-hosts and co-produces the podcast Ear Hustle, and who is currently incarcerated in San Quentin. The show will run through October 17th, charge no admission fee. Kreider and Thomas join us to discuss the show. Welcome to the show, Rasan. Thanks for making this work. I know the phone system inside is tough. Yeah, yeah. We've got like another two minutes, but I'm here. Okay, okay, thank you so And Joe Kreider, um, why don't we uh, start with you and you can talk a little bit about the collaboration and, and how this uh, project came to be.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, probably four years ago, I put out a call for a black change maker who was interested and in willing to work cross-culturally with a Jewish artist. And um, through a winding process that neither Rasan and I can quite recall, um, Rasan responded to me. And so we've been in dialogue and in action and in work for the last four years. Um, the project has encompassed not only the public art that's going up tonight, but an art show that Rassan organized from San Quentin of artists who work from their cells in San Quentin, as well as a panel discussion about black Jewish relationship and the ways that it is honorable and complicated and also essential for social change. Yeah.
1: Rassan, what um, did you bring to the, the process? I know you wrote a bunch of different things. Can you tell us a little bit about the components of, of what you brought in here?
0: Uh, yes, I was able, first of all, um help Joe refine our ideas. I think when we first dialogued, uh, she thought of as like, Jewish people helping black people with from our incarceration. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and reported. I see it more as, like, a partnership and a problem that affects everybody. Um, also, I was able to uh, recruit uh, about a dozen artists to like uh, create work for themselves, and I wrote a piece called "Picture Yourself, which looks like the
1: dance. Joe, uh, where are you staging this? I mean, I know it's going to be at Counterpulse, but it's. Can you tell us a little bit about you know where Counterpulse is in San Francisco, and and if that's significant in the in the work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things that's important about this trilogy of dances that I, I am making over six years is proximity to prison systems. So we chose the Counterpulse building because it's literally across the street from the city's halfway house where people go when they're coming out of both federal and state prisons. So for the second half of the show, the audience stands literally in front of 111 Taylor, which is a halfway house that is run by the GEO group. And so um, bringing audiences to prison systems and the buildings where they exist is actually quite important to me. And, and to you know, really call attention to the totality of this issue um, and how uh, prison systems are infused in multiple directions in the ways that we live and, and, and they can be invisible. Um, unless you have a person in your life who is incarcerated and you're very familiar. Um,
1: So, And Joe, did you, did you have that in in your life? Is that how you came to this work?
2: Yeah. My partner was incarcerated for several years and is now home. Um, And I would say statistically one in four women in the United States and one in two black women have an incarcerated loved one in their families. So it's actually quite common. um, But, you know, designated to silence. And one of the things I try to do with my work is to give people space to come out of their own silences. Yeah.
1: You know, what can people expect to see when they pull up to Counterpulse and the the show's going on?
2: Well, first of all, pulling up to Counterpulse means arriving in the Tenderloin, and the Tenderloin has become more distressed than I've ever seen it. And I've been making dances there for 25 years. So the distress of poverty and forgottenness of people and a lot of black people is very you know, apparent. And that's what you'll see. That said, what we do is try to bring beauty and meaning through art. So they will be, audiences will be wowed. They will be surprised. They will hopefully be pulled in by the meaning and depth of Julia's music and by Rassan's story being told, um, illustrated by dancer Clarissa Diaz um, where she sits inside of a cage um, much like Rasan does right now, um, so the ways that Clarissa has represented his story and some of the elements from Pushed and Shoved is, is just really stunningly beautiful. So the audience will see that. Yeah,
1: we're talking about the new dance performance, Meet Us Quickly with Your Mercy, staged by Flyaway Productions in the Museum of the African Diaspora. We're joined by Joe Kreider, who is a San Francisco-based choreographer and the artistic director of the show. Uh, Rasan Thomas, lead writer and collaborator is also here. Uh, Rasan, we, we're going to let you go just because the line is very rough. And we also, we have an okay. interview we did, uh, yesterday. So we're going to play that just so people can, can really hear your voice, um, uh, a little bit better, but thank you for, for making the time to call on this morning too. Okay,
0: thank
1: you for having me. You guys have a good day. Um, we want to hear from you too before we play this interview that we did with Rasan. Uh, do you have an experience with incarceration or with Black and Jewish solidarity? Call us and, and share that with us. And how would you describe the role uh, of art in this particular kind of activism? Uh, opposing mass incarceration. Give us a call now, 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or you can share your stories with us uh, on email. We're forum at kqed.org. So we're now going to play um, this uh, interview that I did just yesterday uh, with Rasan um, in advance of, of possibly this kind of line problem happening. Uh, so we'll listen in now.
0: First of all, I'm a huge fan of Cirque du Soleil. And so when I found out Joe choreographed people dancing in the air, I was just, I wanted to be in. I mean, I've never been involved with people dancing in the air. I wish I could be there to see it. So that just takes it to a whole other level, period. What's call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Even beyond normal dancing. Um, and just, just felt like a. what it, well, it is. It's a very rare opportunity to work with somebody so incredible uh, who has so much backing in, in the arts world and to take me along with that ride, was just awesome.
1: How'd you do it? I mean, like, would she send you, like, sketches of how it might look, and then you send her a letter back, or did, were you was it purely about sort of the ideas that would go into the dance performance? Yeah.
0: So it kind of started out with she had a vision, pretty much. Uh, and then talking to me, like, the vision got refined. Like, I remember when we first started talking, uh, she saw it as Jewish people helping black people, and I felt like, nah, it's not. We don't need charity. We need to work together because if not, uh, it's bad for both of us, right? And if we do work together, it's it's awesome for both of us. And at the end end of the day, it's about being partners and not enablers. Um, And so she told me about the dance, uh, what she wanted to do, and I wrote a story. It inspired her to make a dance to that story. It's called Push and Shove. And so um, at one point, she was going to bring one of the dancers to meet me. It got cleared and everything, but it just never worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a collaborative process so basically it started with her vision and then me kind of like helping her refine that vision I mean, like, what's my, like, like she really was receptive to my input
1: yeah 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 and what are the sort of ideas um, that you feel like this piece is trying to get across
0: the value of incarcerated people the humanity of incarcerated people like why we should care about mass incarceration why it needs to stop how much talent was thrown away, how uh, draconian laws just make things worse in in, in the long run, and just like how the answer to stopping crime is to understand that it happens for really human reasons, as bad as it is. And when we recognize that and address those really human reasons, those really social justice, social injustice reasons as well, uh, we stop crime in a really positive way where we get productive citizens instead of using violence and more... uh, and I call it incarceration violence because it's handcuffs and, and kidnapping and court procedures that all really feel really violent, whether you get beat with the baton or not. Um, and so that's what I hope people do. I hope people see the art on that wall and see the talent that's been thrown away, see the value of incarcerated people. I hope people respect the talent of incarcerated artists because a lot of times um, their artwork doesn't get as valued as, like, a, a, an NFT that went for $69 million, right? Yeah, right. Um, it, it gets treated... Yeah, it gets treated like it's worth a couple hundred bucks when I think it's, some of these guys are really incredible and paid on the level that should be appreciated a lot more. Um, and I just think that it's important for people to know that there's human beings in here. Make a
1: lot sure. And what do you think people should take away from, from Black-Jewish solidarity within this piece?
0: Yeah, I think that we have to remember. I mean, you hear a lot of bickering between blacks and Jews at times. I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn, which is right next door to Crown Heights. And so I'm aware of the issue that happened there. I'm aware of Palestine right now. And um but I also remember this uh reading about the civil rights movement and how Jewish people were on the front lines like going down into Alabama and Mississippi, these places that were really racist and really violent towards people who cared about black people or people or Jewish people, period. And the Jewish people that died um, in that car, um, that were kidnapped, that James, um, Michael and the other guy. Um, and so I just wanted to remember that. And remember mm-hmm. that white uh, like supremacy, evil, has a way of dividing people and getting them to go against each other. When we're not the source of each other's problems, right? When we take these problems out of each other because of the proximity. And the people pulling the strings are so far away we can't see them. I just want us to unite and understand that, that we've accomplished so much together. And if we unite again or or, or get more united, because we haven't all divided. But if we focus on that union, uh, we can accomplish so much more. Uh, the know the threat is to both of us. This call and your telephone number uh, will be monitored and recorded. The same maybe. people that would run up in a, in a synagogue and kill people is the same people that would run up in a mosque and kill people.
1: hmm hmm so maybe last question, um, what does it mean to work to end mass incarceration from inside a prison?
0: Oh, man, it's, it's, it's biased because <laughs> I want to get out too. But it also lets me know that I'm in San Quentin. I'm in a unique prison where they let hundreds and thousands, I think it was 3,000 volunteers all together um, come into this prison at different times um, and help incarcerated people for the same programs. We have coding here, and and San Quentin News, and Ear Hustle, and yoga, and just all this amazing stuff. A college program, of Elias College. And being part of society from in prison, um, being treated like a human being is what what, what my empathy and stopped me from being a criminal and stop thinking like a criminal. Now my loyalty is not to the homies who abandoned me. My loyalty is to society, and I love society, right? That's what worked for me. And it also worked for so many, I can name 100 people that went home from this prison that are not just doing good out there. They're doing awesome, right? And so I know this works. And it showed me that we can do better than handcuffs and and batons, right? It showed me there's a better way to deal with this stuff. And I also, uh, I think that it's crazy that I have more opportunities at San Quentin than I had growing up in Brownsville. Mm. I think that if we get these opportunities to kids in the first place, there is no incarceration. There is no dead person. And I'm so sorry for the harm I Court Society. And one of the things that bothers me the most is I can't go back in time to stop it or change it. But I'm trying to change it in the future. And that's the one thing I, I really feel like I can do. Yeah. And so stopping mass incarceration to me means more than just getting people out of jail. It means preparing people for success while they're in prison. So when they come out, they never come back. They go home and make sure their kids never come in in the first place. And I mean, we spread this culture of, of success, this culture of... Um healing, this culture of uh, finding your talent, this culture of, of opportunities and investment. and we make it all over this country. man the way we made those ghettos, we unmake them.
1: That was the voice of Rasan Thomas. Uh, I interviewed him yesterday. Um, people who are on the inside, it's incredibly difficult to uh, to actually collaborate and to be able to get recordings and things out because of how restricted their access is to communications, how expensive it is. It's actually one of those things about the prison system that's so frustrating. Joe Kreider, um, you all obviously had to battle through this as you were working on this new dance performance, Meet Us Quickly With Your Mercy. Um, That kind of communication difficulty, did it actually add something or teach you something about the, the prison experience?
2: Well, it made me a more punctual letter writer, that's for sure, <laughs> because letter writing was our primary mode of communications. Um, the phone calls happened for sure, but weren't completely reliable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the best thing Rasan and I did was read books together. And the reading of the books and the talking through the ideas and the books in letters, really, we would review the books in our letters. And that really um, was quintessential. It was important to Rassan that we read about the civil rights movement. So we read the book, We Are Not Afraid, which is written by two journalists, Seth Kagan and Philip Dre and Rasan referred to it when you interviewed him. And it's a really dense, detailed book. So we both kind of struggled to get through it. But it was really radical for both of us in really understanding terrorism against Black people and um, and how white supremacy really is, you know, an equal opportunity problem when you're Jewish and when you're Black. And so, um, yeah, the reading of books, we also read women's experiences in the Holocaust and you know, because I'm Jewish, I knew a lot about the Holocaust, but Rassan knew a bit less. And this was a book that came out in 2019 and was the first comprehensive detailing of women's resistance in the Holocaust. And a lot of the stories in that book uh, are in the piece um, referenced, you know, in kind of artistic and abstract ways. But um, we, we learned a lot together. And that was um, what letter writing allowed us to do. The other thing is that we did manage to have one visit between Julia Eisenberg, who is the composer on the project and Rasan and I, and and so we were together in San Quentin for an afternoon. And that was a real blessing um, because as as you know and audiences may or may not know, Julia died um, before the project was completed. She died of a long-term illness. So the fact that she and Rasan and I actually had a moment of camaraderie and and exchange and laughter and tears together um, is a real highlight that I cherish.
1: Yeah. You know, Joe, one thing that kind of broke my heart is that this dance performance is, is taking place on the outside and you can't actually even get video of it inside to Rasan, and I wondered if there was something some artistic power in having to kind of try to translate this bodily movement of dance into text through letters for Rasan so that you could actually have that kind of artistic collaboration. Can you tell me if that if that did anything for you?
2: Well, you know, I've never collaborated with a writer quite like this. And so when a writer works with a choreographer, those are two different languages. Mm -hmm. And so translation is in order. And I had to develop new muscle for how to take the ideas that um, he and I would, you know, thought partner and translate them into physical ideas. And, And I was not alone in that process. I Rely heavily on a collaborative relationship with the dancers I work with. Um, and um, Laura Ellis and Clarissa Diaz, who are both um, African American, worked a lot with me on um, translating Rasan's experience into their own bodies. And then on the back side of the building, I worked with Helen Wicks, who's a Jewish dancer, um, and, and also Bianca Cabrera, who's a dancer of Mexican descent. And we put her inside a Jewish experience, but also aware that, you know, that the experience of Mexican children at the border was a part of the story. So much was happening while we were creating this piece. So the translation from language to image to motion is a collaboration in my company. And it was quite a boost and quite a gift to have Rasan's ideas with us in company with us as we were creating
1: Thank you, Joe. We've been talking about the new dance performance, Meet Us Quickly with Your Mercy, which will be up at Counterpulse in the Tenderloin. The show runs through October 17th and is free of charge. We've been joined by Joe Kreider, the choreographer and the artistic director of the performance. And earlier, we talked with Rasan Thomas, lead writer and collaborator on the show, as well as co host and co producer. Of Ear Hustle. We're going to go out to Journey Home, which is from the show, sung and played by Julia Eisenberg and Jeremiah Lockwood. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with host Mina Kim.